Baby, I'm a gangster too, and it takes me to tango. You don't wanna mess with me, mess with me. Baby, I'm a gangster too. <laughs> Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. Don't fuck with me, fellas! This ain't my first time at the rodeo. What's up, everybody? Today, I present to you an interview I did with Tommy from the Let's Get Freaky podcast. His podcast is dedicated to the paranormal, and he was kind enough to invite me on to discuss my experiences. This is our first time working together, but I feel it's only the beginning of mini collabs and i hope you all enjoy it and if you want to check out more from the let's get freaky podcast you can click the link in the show notes and it will take you straight over there i always enjoy meeting new podcasters making new friends because it opens me up to doing so many more different types of episodes and i believe we may be seeing tommy on a future episode of Cosmic Beach Podcast, but I was actually really excited to do this one because I don't really talk about my personal paranormal experiences that often. If anything, I'll mention it in passing, and that's kind of the end of it, but I dove into a lot more detail in this episode, and uh, it's always just fun kind of stepping out of my norms of conspiracy theories, what have you. I hope everyone had an excellent Thanksgiving and enjoyed lots of the uh, Thanksgiving soup, if you will. And the Thanksgiving soup, if you were wondering, is the last bit of food on your plate. So you got a little bit of mashed potatoes. You got some green beans sticking up out of there. You got some corn some juice from the turkey and it's all kind of just mishmashed together on your plate in those last few bites i like to call the thanksgiving soup and uh, that's the best of the thanksgiving meal so my birthday is on the 30th and i am very uh I don't want to say excited. I mean, everybody loves their own birthday, but I'm not too jazzed about this hip pain I got coming on me. Anyways, before we jump into the episode, I got a message on Instagram from Brianna, and uh, she left me a review, and I would like to read that for you. She says, Shalom, Julia. First of all, why the hell does Google not let people leave a damn review? I went on Spotify and left five stars, but couldn't leave a review. So here's my review. If I could post it, 
And it definitely counts, Brianna, and I appreciate that. She says, obsessed is an understatement. Five stars. It is so rare to find a podcast that literally has you hooked every episode. But Julia has nailed it. I love her spicy personality and the wide range of topics that she covers. Extremely knowledgeable, thought-provoking, and so down-to-earth. My new favorite podcast by far. First off, that was amazing. It's even more amazing that you took the time out of your day to come find me on Instagram and send me that message. It's highly appreciated. I appreciate you so much, and I hope I tell you all enough. We're rocking and rolling. We're going to keep it nice and spicy for December as well. I got a lot of really cool ideas, a lot of really cool guests lined up. I hope you've enjoyed the spread so far for November. Of course, I have a lot to be thankful for. And um, we're, we're about to go into season three of the Cosmic Beach podcast starting in January. I was thinking about uh, maybe for each season, I have a new episode, like a, a new uh, logo and a new theme song. And then I'm like, no, I should be more stable and always have the same theme song and the same cover art and the same. But I mean, as long as the, the name is the same, of course, you'll always come back to the Cosmic Peach podcast. But I just maybe it's a Sagittarius thing, but I have to have change. I have to have variety and not the same. I don't know, but I'm still thinking of it. I really should post a poll and see what you all think. If I should change the opening theme, if I should change the logo, if I should mix things up, but uh, we got some more time to think about that before heading into season three of the Cosmic Peach podcast. Um, what else? What else? Of course, if you'd like to make a reservation to room 237, that is the Patreon where you're going to get exclusives behind the scenes episodes. You're going to get full length episodes and bonus content over there. Uh, still working on the house. It's still not ready uh, at this point. I've, I feel like it may be ready in some time in 2024. Uh, we're probably looking at like summertime of 2024. We just keep discovering problems with that house. And the more I talk to people about this renovation, the more I'm discovering that a renovation is never truly completed. There's always something else that needs to be done, something else that needs to be fixed, and it's never going to be perfect. So maybe we should just move our shit in there and just call it a fucking day. I don't know. But we're, we're still working on it. And, um, I don't know. It's been interesting. My body definitely aches every time I think about going over to that house. But it's coming along. And, uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Lot going on. Of course, this is, uh, an awesome episode. Thank you so much for joining me once again. If you would like to leave a review but you can't uh, leave it on Google or Spotify, wherever, of course, do as Brianna did and just send me a message. If you'd like to come on the podcast and um, you have a topic you'd like to discuss or something like that, hit me up. I'm always um, open to having new guests on. And you can do that by simply visiting my Instagram and sending me a direct message. Um, 
Or if you want to click on my link tree, which is in my bio on Instagram, you can you can do that and just send me an email. So whatever works best for you. Uh, if you have a paranormal experience, if you have a presentation on a conspiracy theory, something like that, go ahead and hit my line. And maybe, just maybe, you will be the next guest on Cosmic Peach Podcast. But without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. Guys, I am super excited to welcome our next guest to Let's Get Freaky. We have got Julia on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. I am so excited to have you on the show. I've been listening to your show, uh, Cosmic Peach Podcast, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about about your show and, and what got you into it? Yeah, so um, I have Cosmic Beach Podcast. It's a, a conspiracy theory and paranormal type of podcast. I also cover like a little bit of true crime stuff. And I um, have been freaky, if you will, since I was a kid. I've always been interested in the paranormal and Um, My mom was a big conspiracy theorist and I got it honest because she would read me books and um, we'd watch ghost adventures and all these shows. And um, actually, I grew up in a haunted house. So when you experience something like that for yourself, you know that there's so much more that hasn't been explained, can never be explained and uh that's kind of the passion behind my podcast was just like let's talk about it there there are unanswered questions here yeah for sure and i love your show it is everything that we love at let's get freaky as well because we're all about conspiracies and and paranormal so i love it all man i grew up in a haunted house as well so i can totally relate to knowing that's that's why i'm here that's what kicked me off as well you know Mm -hmm. you know that there's something more yeah and it's almost kind of like bonding to find other people who have went through something like that because if you haven't then there's no words to describe or explain it just always sounds like you're a lunatic or something to that degree you know all their their what I like to say is adding spices, like may, maybe a little something happened, but it's been dramatized or it, there's no way. And I'm telling you straight up, some freaky ass shit was happening to me as a kid. And it's just so bizarre. I really haven't talked about it a lot because I feel like it's hard to believe. You know? Yeah. Um. But I'm excited to get into it with you tonight. I don't know if you have any questions for me before I just start rattling off. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to get into this. I've I've heard you. I've been listening to your show a lot. And I've also heard you on other shows. And you bring up that you've had paranormal experiences. And you've sort of given us a little bit. Well, I've heard a little bit. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, I want to know more, man. So I'm excited to to hear it all. Yeah. What part of the US are you in? Um, so right now I'm in Oklahoma and this the story though of my life really takes place more in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. But my sister, her husband got moved to Oklahoma for work and I missed her and other things were going on at the time in my life. And I wanted to start over fresh. So I moved to Oklahoma to be closer with her and start a new life. And I just haven't left. I just love it here so much. It's amazing. I actually, when you hear the, the word Oklahoma, you don't have positive thoughts. At, At least I didn't. I was like, I'm about to move to this old western town where there's tumbleweeds blowing across the road and people on horse and buggy or what it's not like that at all it's a metropolis it's wonderful i love oklahoma that sounds cool to me (laughs) yeah it's nice um cleveland is definitely a little bit more well it's on lake erie so there's that that's cool and um there's a big music scene there that i love it's really, really cool. It's like an artsy type of town to live in. In Oklahoma, not so much, but we have a ton of really good restaurants here. So I feel like that makes up for it, like home style cooking restaurants. And I don't know. I I am a foodie person, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yes. I, it's cool though, isn't it? When you move to a new place, I, I've recently done it as well. And you just know when you're, you know, when you feel good and you feel comfortable and you feel at home, that's that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I've been other places before, and there are kind of like stereotypes around certain places that you live, and the people are much more friendly here, which I enjoy, because the farther north you go, like New York, they're kind of like fucking assholes. Like, oh, sorry, do you cuss on this show? No, yeah, you can swear as much as you want. Okay, yeah, 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 they're they're just not as friendly (laughs) and not as pleasant to be around. But Oklahoma, everybody's like, "Hey, sis, how you doing?" And it's really nice. But uh, my family actually, and this is kind of a good segue to start the story. Um, we did like a family tree thing. Um, and I knew that the majority of my family on my mom's side was from Kentucky. And that they had grown up in Kentucky, but they didn't want to work in the coal mines, which is something that was very popular in Kentucky, that they would live in the hills and they would work in the fields and they would work in the mines. And my grandpa was like, I don't want to be a coal miner anymore. He was having health issues. It was really physically hard on him. So he moved our family from Kentucky to Ohio for like a business opportunity. Um. But we did this family tree thing, my sister and I, and all she started bringing up all this stuff that I had never heard before about our family. And it was so interesting to me that she could recall these stories that my grandma would, used to tell her and that she had heard. And it turns out that my grandmother's father, so I guess that would be my great grandpa, his name was Troy. Um, And he was somewhat of like a mountain man, kind of shamanistic type of person. And 
He lived in the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky. They had no running water, no electricity. They lived in a hut with a dirt floor. They grew their own food. They had almost like no outside connection whatsoever. And that's how my grandma grew up, actually. And um, people would come from all over to my great grandpa, Troy, because he was said to have some type of ability where he would lay hands on you and whatever was ailing you would be healed. And um, I called bullshit right away to my sister. I was like, yeah, right. And she said, no, it's actually very real. People would come all over and in my family, we call them pawpaws. So she would say pawpaw Troy would lay hands on the person and whatever was wrong with them the next day or like a week later, they would be better. And it was crazy. And he had some little uh, like rhyme thing that he would say, um, but he never told anybody what it was. And it said that that type of gift passes to the seventh son of the family. And before my great grandpa Troy died, he supposedly told this secret to my aunt and she carried it to her grave. She never passed it on. Um, And I'm actually the seventh grandchild, so I feel shortchanged a little bit. So (laughs) I'm like, you should have told me. It was my turn. Yeah. um, So that was really interesting. And I really enjoyed doing this whole family tree thing. And it's actually going to be significant later on in my life story of something else that we discovered. But my family's always been kind of like sensitive to uh, seeing things and hearing things and getting feelings. And I kind of think that it stems back to uh, maybe my grandpa or his father before him, or I don't know how far back it goes, but we are from, supposed to be from Ireland and I'm a redhead. And so a lot of other, yeah, you're a redhead. (laughs) So you get it. Um, We're Vikings. We're all Vikings. (laughs) Yes. And I think, I don't know if it has anything to do with that. uh, But I used to, we had this thing in my family where before we would go out and do something, we would ask one of the older members of our family, do you have a bad feeling about this? Because if they said, yes, I have a bad feeling about this, we'd be like, no, okay, we can't do it because my mom has a bad feeling about it. And nine times out of 10, something horrible would happen, you know? So, um, you could call that like some type of like psychic ability or whatever. It's not like they were predicting the future. They would just say, I have a bad feeling about that. And sometimes they would say, no, you know, I don't really have a bad feeling about that. And we would go do whatever. But um, my grandmother actually got, actually, so let me back up. My grandfather moved to Cleveland for business opportunities. He actually ended up getting saved and he started a church. He built the church with his own two hands. It was amazing. And he built a house next to the church. No one had ever lived in this house before. My family. He built the church, 
house right next to the church. It was an open door policy. He never locked his door. If anybody needed help, if anybody needed prayer, they would just show up at our house, not in the middle of the night, but you never knew who was going to be over there just needing prayer or support or food or shelter, whatever. And we also had an open door policy for our family. So after school, a bunch of the cousins would just be there and go there. And it wouldn't be weird for me to walk in the door and a random one of my cousins would be on the couch or at the table or eating a little Debbie, whatever. And that was normal for us. And that kind of plays a part in this whole paranormal aspect. But he actually began, my grandfather actually began to develop Alzheimer's. So he was um, put in a nursing home and those bastards like took everything from my family at the end. You know, they took the church, they took the house, they took everything. But before he passed away, um, my grandma needed help running everything. So um, myself and my mom and dad moved in to the house. And that's kind of where we started like for myself, I began seeing stuff in the house and getting weird feelings in the house. And what bothers me about it to this day is there were so many religious icons in that house. And I've told people this before. If you can imagine a Jesus picture on every single wall in that house or a scripture, something. My grandma even had this old ass antique oil lamp. And oil would come down and there was a little Jesus in the middle with a lamb. Oh, wow. And it was, I mean, it was extra up in there. Extra. <laughs> and somehow, whatever was in that house, it was completely unaffected by religious icons. And I think that it was either demonic in nature or it was an extremely dark energy that had manifested within that house. And how the most religious, uh, the pastor and his wife with a Jesus picture on every wall somehow gets a demon in their house. I mean, yeah. how do you explain something like that? It's it's because, wild. Because a lot of the time when you talk to people that have, having bad experiences with the paranormal a lot of the time if even if you use the name of jesus that that seems to stop it a lot of people say that oh yeah and uh, you know i grew up listening to my grandfather and of course i'm a christian but he always told us there's power in the name there's power in the name so whenever we would get scared we we would pray and we would call out you know jesus and it was like it was relentless. What Whatever was in there was relentless. And I never wanted to talk about it because our family was kind of hush-hush on that front. You wouldn't say, oh, by the way, have you noticed the demon that lives at Mama's house? You're not going to say that. You're not going to say that. So I kept it to myself for the longest. But it, weird stuff started happening. I remember the first time it was just like I would see something walking down the hallway out the corner of my eye. Look, nothing would be there. Then it started kind of escalating and it would be me sitting in the living room watching TV. And just for the listeners to get a visual, imagine a rectangle and it's cut in half 
And down the middle of the rectangle are, are these bars that separate the kitchen from the living room. So I can see from the living room into the kitchen um, through these, these bars. And um, I would see like my cousin Brooke walking around in the kitchen, which again would not be abnormal because it was, you never knew who was going to be home. And I would call out to her like, oh, hey, Brooke thinking she just got there or something and um no response and then you kind of like sit up in your chair and you're looking like is she still in there did you know she go into the other room no I would see her like kind of in the kitchen moseying around I'd be like Brooke like bitch hello talking to you and she would you know make eye contact with me look at me and walk back down the hallway and a part of you wants to think maybe she's just having an off day. You know, little PMS, whatever. Not going to push the issue. But so I waited, finished my show, whatever, got up from the couch, started walking around and find out like Brooke, Brooke was never in the house. Whoa. She was never there, never came over, didn't know what I was wow. talking about, was at her house. Uh, the next town over and you saw her clearly there yes to the point where i called out to her and knew it was her wow and so what bothers me a lot about it is the ability it had to assume the identity of living people a lot of times people say, oh you know i saw my dead grandma or i saw my dead grandpa or i saw I was seeing living people in the house. And I wow. wasn't, you know, the only one. It it turns out that a lot of us were seeing living people in the house, but we didn't find that out till later. Um, you know, we did see on occasion my great grandmother who had passed away sitting in her chair in the living room, but we almost got like a peaceful feeling when we saw her because it felt like it was her and it looked yeah. Like, obviously, it looked like it was her, but it felt like her. The times when we would see living people and then find out that it really wasn't them, it was, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel, you know, sometimes when you're really close with someone, you can almost tell when they've come into the room without knowing they've come into the room. Um, That's just kind of a, 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 you pick up on like an, an energy from that person. And any time that I would see one of these things, whatever they were, you wanted so bad to say like, okay, it, it could really be them. But then you find out, you know, you should have went with your gut. It wasn't them. And my aunt actually came over one day after church and she said she thought she saw my mom sitting in the recliner in the living room and she kind of walked up behind the recliner and was going to like put her hands on my mom's shoulders and be like hey good to see ya and whatever it was right before she got up to the back of the recliner the thing kind of turned around looked at her and was kind of mumbling something some other language and was like and was looking right at my aunt my aunt of course was like rebuking it and like praying and like pleading the blood of Jesus and ran out of the house. 
And she told me all the way up into my adulthood, she was like, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was, it was horrible. It was traumatizing. And, you know, my grandma, people dismiss this because she was kind of developing dementia at the time. And sometimes with dementia, you can see things that aren't there. And a lot of the medications that they put you on make you see things that are not there. But she really hadn't developed dementia to that point yet. And she had just recently started taking medications when we moved in. And um, in her way, she was trying to tell us she was seeing things in her bedroom. And in the morning on the weekends, because obviously I was in high school at the time, so I didn't see her every morning. But on the weekends, she would be sitting at the kitchen table and with her little coffee cup and not trying to be scary or anything. And she would say, you know, I keep getting these visitors in my room at night. And I'd be like, describe the visitors. And she said, well, they're different every night. It's something different, but last night you were my visitor. And I said, what was I doing? And she said, well, you came in and you standing at the foot of my bed and you were dancing. And I was like, mama, I fucking promise you, I did not come in your room last night. And I was definitely not dancing at the foot of your bed. And she would say, like clowns and all these like really just just stuff out of your worst nightmares was coming into her room at night and standing at the foot of her bed and staring at her and because my grandma you know she grew up with no electricity no running water in a house with a dirt floor she wasn't watching tv at night she didn't have a fucking nightlight plugged in i remember spending the night with her as a kid and being like please don't make me sleep in mama's room because she liked it pitch black in there no sound nothing and it was scary even though it like even if it wasn't haunted it was scary and at night in there because it was so quiet and like pitch black in her room so for her to say she's seen the the door to her room open and things are walking in and standing there and she's got no nightlight no tv on there's no trick of the you know oh well maybe you saw a shadow no she's seeing this shit walk into her room I mean, break in if you have any comments or anything, but that was like one of the most terrifying things she had ever told me about. That is terrifying. Yeah. How often would you see family members that weren't really them? How often did that happen? Uh, I would say that I lived there for two years and it probably happened maybe nine or ten times. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Some wow. somewhere in in more um, clear type of situations, like seeing my cousin Brooke in the kitchen, and sometimes it would be like you'd hear them talking in the next room and think that they were home, and go to be like, "Oh, girl, hey," and they're not in there. And then sometimes it would be wow. like corner of your eye type stuff. I was petrified. Everybody in my family was petrified of the hallway. And we would actually, even on Thanksgiving, when the house was full and all of our family was over at the house, we 
knew what it meant if I walked up to one of my cousins and I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. They knew what that meant because it was kind of like a buddy system going down that hallway. That's how terrifying it was. So I moved out. Me and my mom and dad moved out because my uh, my aunt said that she was going to take a turn, essentially, and live with Mama. So my aunt and uncle and my cousin Brooke <laughs> and my cousin Brittany moved into that house. And I didn't ever tell Brooke anything about me seeing her or anything like that other than her knowing I asked her if she had came over I would be like hey were you did you come over and she would be like no and um I never I was you know you think at the moment you'd be like you would tell them that you saw a ghost or you saw but you don't because it just sounds so ludicrous that you keep it to yourself and my family wasn't the type to be like oh we're seeing demons so my aunt and uncle and my cousins move into the house and my aunt and uncle make a bedroom in the basement. Don't get me started on the fucking basement. They make a makeshift bedroom in the basement. And my cousin Brittany's in one bedroom. My other cousin Brooks in one bedroom and my grandma is in the other in her bedroom. It was so terrifying living there. For my cousin Brittany, who's actually the older one, and she's going to kill me for saying this, but she told me that she used to keep empty cups in her room because she knew if she woke up in the middle of the night and had to pee, she wouldn't have the balls to walk down that hallway and go to the bathroom. And she was literally pissing in empty cups in her room. Don't blame her, man. That's how petrifying it was, though, to live there. I don't even, like I said in the beginning, there's almost no words to describe that type of terror when you know I can't even go to the bathroom by myself. That's how fucked up it was. And she would say, you know, she saw Brooke walking around. She saw Brooke a lot. She saw Brooke more than I did. And as sisters, you would think that it would be, you know, you could tell it if it was your sister or not, but it was the same thing I was saying. It was so convincing. You you would be like, damn, I really feel like I saw her in there. And so she would say she, she saw her drawers of her uh, dresser opening by themselves and her stereo knobs would just turn on and click on the radio by themselves. And she would see family members walking around Um And then on one occasion, she actually saw Brooke up and walking around in the kitchen and then um, go back down the hallway. And then Brittany went into Brooke's bedroom and she had been asleep the whole time. And so it's like she's in the house, but not not in the house, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, my aunt. You know, she used to have like terrible nightmares there. I always had terrible nightmares staying there that something was going to get me or that I was opening doors in the hallway and that I was like falling out into space and stuff. Or I would open the bathroom door, the creepy bathroom door in the hallway in my dream and I would like fall into another dimension or something. And I, I would get, I would wake up and be, 
you know, covered in sweat, like feeling like I was going to throw up. I felt like there was something in the room with me when I would wake up from a nightmare like that. And um, it was just crazy stuff like that. But my sister, while my aunt was living there, my sister actually came to visit and spend the night. And she wanted to uh, sleep in my grandma's bedroom because my grandma kept saying she was seeing stuff at the foot of her bed and all this. And my sister was like, okay, well, I'm going to come over. I'm going to visit. I'll do a sleepover and I'll stay in mama's room to see if indeed she's getting visitors that night. And so she said everything was fine. Middle of the night, she finally drifted off to sleep and she said she can't remember at what point she woke up, but she woke up and the bedroom door had kind of cracked itself open and there was a nightlight in the hallway that just illuminated it enough so you could kind of see in the hallway, but not everything. And she said she saw someone that looked like Brooke, my cousin Brooke, in the hallway, but didn't feel like Brooke in the hallway. And it was just standing in the crack between the door and the hallway. And it was just standing there. So terrifying. I know. And she, my sister said she was just frozen. Frozen. And it kind of backed up. I'm not shitting you, you guys. This next part, you're going to tell me I'm fucking crazy. I'm just repeating exactly. I know she wasn't lying because I saw the look on her face when she was telling me this story and she was horrified. She said it backed up from the door frame, backed up into the hallway and kind of did like one of those exorcist type things. And like bent itself over backwards in the hallway. And like walked, like just faded away into the darkness of the hallway. What, on all fours? Like, yeah. Oh, she said, terrifying. And it looked like my cousin Brooke. That's the craziest part. Yeah. She said that she was so terrified. She started pleading the blood of Jesus all over it and praying. And she was so terrified that she laid there in the soldier's position until she saw light coming through the window. Because she she was like, I I wasn't going to move. I wasn't going into the hallway going after it. I thought it might come back and get me. And there was no, she was like, I literally laid there stiff as a board in that bed until I saw sunlight breaking through the window. God only knows how many hours she laid there like that, just terrified. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And my sister is actually not the kind of person who would who would make something like that up. And... You know, it was just always something, and I've said this on podcasts before, but the house was really close to Lake Erie. And, you know, water holds memory. 
and the there was a bunch of like really old trees and shit where that house was built and they they cut all the trees down and whatever to build that church in that house and so did they disturb something on the land did they build on top of like a portal situation i don't know but there was always like weird ufo sightings like near lake erie and if you stood on the back porch and looked out over lake erie you would see like weird lights in the sky and like weird stuff coming up out of the lake and i almost feel like that area was just compacted with with either dark energy or some type of extraterrestrial something which I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theory aspect of this, but do you think that there could be like portals? Yeah, 100%. I think there's definitely areas as well, for whatever reason, seem to have a lot of higher strangeness going on. And there's, there's and that could be, is there is there portals there? I mean, some people say there's a portal in every house, but we've all got a portal. I don't know. I've heard but... that too. And I kind of want to agree with it because I feel like every house I've ever lived in, the fur- the farthest back bedroom is fucked up. Every house I've really? ever lived in, I feel like the farthest back bedroom in whatever house I happen to live in is got fucking creatures in it. But again, interesting. Um, That kind of opens me up to this other part of the story and why I feel like it could have been the location the house was built, but looking further into it it turns out that it's just my family and that it had actually followed my family from a previous house before that one wow so this activity was going on somewhere else before before and i never knew about it i wasn't even alive yet i had to hear all this stuff from older members of my family who were just starting to feel comfortable enough to start mentioning it So the house before that house, my mom and my aunt lived in at separate times. My mom and dad lived at that house before I was born. And then they moved out and my aunt moved into the house because I think my grandpa owned it actually. And he would just rented it out to them. So, um, While my mom was staying there, she said she would hear little footsteps come up to the side of her bed and she would think it was my sister and she would like throw the covers open and feel something get into bed with her and then like go to like grab my brother or sister and nothing would be there. And um, she heard like somebody talking upstairs, go upstairs, then she'd hear somebody talking downstairs And just your normal run-of-the-mill, like, weird haunted house type shit while my mom lived there. But then my aunt moves in, and it, like, ramps up. She's starting to get, like, suicidal thoughts. She um, was hearing voices, and they were, like, telling her to, like, kill herself and shit, which is totally out of character for my aunt. Um, And the most disturbing part is she also heard little footsteps coming up to the side of the bed. And thought that it was one of my cousins and would throw the covers open and nothing, like, there would be no one there. But she would feel like a little body get into bed with her. Oh. Wow. Um, but the crazy thing is, while they were living there, my cousin Brittany as a baby would just be sitting up. She's like a toddler at this point. 
and she would just start violently throwing her head into the ground and just like bashing her head. They had to put a helmet on her. And they thought that she had something wrong with her. They thought that she was like, I don't know what they thought, but they took her. They were like, there's nothing wrong with her. We don't know why she's doing this. And then I asked my sister and my mom, and they, they remember her doing that as a baby. And they were like, it didn't look like she was actually doing it, though. It kind of looked like her head was being forced down. So... That's already going on in this house before they build the new house. And simultaneously, as all this is going on, I have um, another aunt and cousins living in another house. And they're seeing like black cloaked things walking around their house and floating above them while they're sleeping. And um, like just the weirdest my my other aunt and my other cousins living in the house with the black cloaked thing um they actually couldn't stay in the house by themselves because they would see this cloaked and they would like run outside and stay outside by themselves until somebody else got home but the amount of paranormal stuff that was going on and that we were never talking about with each other i feel like for one it it kind of stems from growing up in a very Christian household. And we were told and believe that we have power over entities like this. And why are we being so heavily affected by it? And um, my sister has always, it's been like constant for her. Every house she's ever lived in has had some type of weird paranormal activity. And um she my sister always has these dreams where she's pregnant and then a member of our family like will be like oh i'm pregnant it's just the weirdest stuff and i and i feel like it has just followed my family around um and some some families are just like that you know it, it could go back to my great grandpa and this like shamanistic ability that he had um But what's so strange about this and why I feel like it's so important to mention is because it's like a curse. And um, my grandpa, my grandma, my aunt, my mom, and my other aunt all died exactly three years apart. And in the order that they got saved so it's and they all died weird okay and young in my opinion so my grandpa he's the first to get saved oh actually i take that back hang on my my oldest aunt she got saved and then she took my grandpa to church he got saved then my grandma, then my mom, and then my youngest aunt. And that, sorry, that is the order that they died in. So my grandpa didn't even die first. My my aunt died. Three years later, in the same season, my grandpa died. Three years later, in the same season, my grandma died. Three years later, in the same season, my mom died. Three years later, uh. in the same season, 
my aunt died. And there has always been this weird thing about threes in my family. And it's just weird because, um, like, I wasn't necessarily planning on doing an episode today um, because it's my mom's birthday. And then you had messaged me. And when you scheduled it, I was like, I'm going to talk about her. And it's her birthday. He has no idea about that. And so just weird paranormal type things have followed my family around forever. And don't get me wrong. Me and my mom were best friends. I love her so much. I think about her every single day. And it's just, I hope, so I don't want to sound morbid, but I, I've talked because it's a serious concern of mine to my older cousins because all of our moms have passed away. And I I said, I hope this is not like some fucking kind of final destination shit. And it starts picking us cousins off. Like maybe it'll reverse and it'll go me first because I'm the youngest and then like pick us off like <laughs> that way. Oh, man. And, um, you know, my sister's always like, no, no, no. It's it, let's just call it a generational curse and that it's not what we're not affected by it. Um, because while we were doing this family tree thing and she started telling me all this stuff about my great grandpa that I never knew. And like, maybe that's why we have all this paranormal stuff happen to us. We found this death certificate of, um, a son that my grandmother gave birth to. And it was like on the third of the month and he was alive for approximately three hours and, just we like threes it's always like a three thing and she yeah she had three daughters and um i don't know like i've never met a family who has had so much like really crazy negative stuff happen to them and be simultaneously like trying to save people at church and like casting demons out of people and I've said before that maybe he cast my grandpa like casted a demon out of somebody and it followed in him home, but that wouldn't explain like all the activity prior to him getting saved. So I don't know. It's just like one of the most mysterious things that I've ever lived through. Yeah. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that it's it's your mom's birthday today <laughs> no actually I, i'm I, not sorry to but i mean i mean I just, yeah no uh, i i am so um happy to get to talk about her any chance that i get and i thought that this was a really great way of telling like our story you know it's it's not yeah. just my story it's like our story my my mom's and my whole family's story um to this day my sister still has weird paranormal stuff happen to her and um I do too but I so the most recent thing that happened and like I said I feel like every house that I live in the backmost bedroom is full of fucking creatures or something you know when when you say uh kids are afraid of whatever is under their bed or the thing in the closet I feel like every house I've ever lived in the farthest most bedroom is that thing, the thing in the closet or like the thing under the bed. Yeah, yeah you and, get that vibe. 
Yeah. It just, so in this house that I'm living in right now, it just so happens to be right next to my bedroom. And I want to say like two months ago, maybe three months ago, I went to bed by myself. I was, I would remember it extremely vividly. I was watching Ghostbusters part two. It was the fucking part where they were drilling in the street and I was like, think, I love that movie. And I was thinking yeah. to myself like, oh my God, I fucking love this movie so much. And I kind of felt myself becoming a little bit drowsy. And I love falling asleep with the TV on. That's my muse. I cannot sleep in silence. I don't know why, but. No, I'm the same. I'm the same. I love, so I'll like turn on a movie I've seen a million times and just fall asleep to it. That's my yeah. jam. So. I'm watching Ghostbusters part two. They're drilling in the street. I'm like, oh, I love this movie. Getting drowsy. Close my eyes. The next thing I know, I'm waking up and it's pitch black in my room, which can only mean one thing. Uh, My husband decided that it's time to go to bed. He he came in and turned the TV off and like turned the bathroom light off because I leave lights and shit on. I'm a scary person. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh lamp bathroom (laughs) tv all the lights and so um i was like well he's probably getting ready to get into bed and which is why he turned all the lights off and so um i'm just laying there and i'm trying to go back to sleep but i'm kind of in the twilight or whatever where i'm kind of asleep and kind of awake but i do feel him get into bed with me and so um I was laying facing the ceiling and he was on his side next to me with his face um, facing like the side of my face. And I just felt like him lick the side of my face. And I was like, "Um, first off, I'm tired. I don't know what you're trying to get started, but it's not happening. And he started like chuckling and laughing. And I was like, it's not fucking funny. And that don't do nothing for me. Like licking the side of my face. Like why the fuck would you lick the side of my face? And so I'm just like annoyed. And I he's like chuckling. And I roll over with my back towards him. Because I'm like fuck off. You know. And I'm now facing the bedside lamp. And out of the corner of my eye. I see him walking at the foot of my bed. And walk. Flip the light on in the bathroom. And go into the bathroom and close the door. And I'm like. Look over. Nobody's been in the bed with me. The covers are totally straight. I have a weighted blanket. I would know. Because it would be all ruffled up where he was laying. I have a weighted blanket. It was completely straight. The only person that had been in the motherfucking bed was me. So you felt someone lick your face and oh, you could and hear I them saw like him. Chuckling. It looked like my husband. Sounded like oh, him. Man. And then I literally I saw him walking out the foot of the bed. He flips the bathroom light on, goes in, closes the door. I immediately reach over and turn my night side, uh uh night whatever, my lamp on. And I called out to him and I was like, Are you trying to scare me? And he was like, I was in the other room shitting. Is that scary to you? <laughs> and I was like, so oh. not only 
Were you not in the bedroom? You were down the hallway shitting in the other bathroom this whole time? So who was in wow. the bed with me? That's crazy. That was like two or three months ago. That's why I say like it never has stopped. It's never stopped. Yeah, that's the same sort of experiences you were having in the yes. other house where you're seeing someone that you know. Yeah. Oh, when when that did you get a vibe that it was I mean did you get a vibe that it was something nasty or the only thing I can think of is because I was kind of like in a twilight state where I was like kind of dozed off and kind of awake but then like when I felt like the thing on my face I was like okay and I woke up a little bit more and then I saw somebody walking out the end of the bed and I was like oh I'm all the way awake now because what the fuck was that and you know wow. he said that i was high and i was like one weed gummy does not get you that motherfucking high <laughs> yeah, you start seeing yeah. that shit feeling licks on your face man right wow. so that's why i say and you know my sister all the time will say that she feels things and hears things in her house she's the only person that's ever lived in her house so I'm I'm really sold on the fact that it's something that has followed my family for generations and it's like attached to my family. Um and you know I I used to have like really weird feelings about stuff and then like you know a lot of people do. I think everybody is a little bit psychic in some ways. But um you know I remember being on um we were supposed to go on like a field trip at school and I told my mom like I I she, it was like parent drop off I didn't ride the bus to school she dropped me off and I was like had the door opened about to get out and go into the school and I just said like I don't feel like I should be going on this field trip today and we were gonna go to the zoo like you would think I'd be so excited as a kid to go to the zoo and I just I just felt like I wanted to just go back home and my mom was the type of mom that was like, oh, you got a bad feeling? Close the door. We're going. Home. She took me home. And, you know, God only knows what could have happened to me. But I've always just kind of been more aware of my feelings about stuff and people. Yeah. You know, you can walk into a room and know exactly the kind of person someone is 100%. without saying a fucking word to them. Yeah. Just a feeling you get. And I'm not saying judge someone off their appearance because that's that's wrong. You shouldn't judge people based on their appearance. But you can get a legitimate vibe off of someone. Yeah. And sure. know that something's off. It's like you you can you can meet someone say at work, for example, and you, you talk, you get on fine, but you just get this feeling about them that there's something not right. And, and you don't say it to them. Well, some some people might, but um, right. yeah, you're right. You you just know. You just get a vibe that something's not quite right with them. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and um, the basement at my grandma's house. It was your stereotypical creepy basement, and there wasn't anything. I mean, my aunt eventually made a makeshift bedroom down there, but it was just open. It ran the length of the house. And there was just like these cinder block things in little tiny windows. Um, and anytime we would go down there, uh, I would just see what they refer to now as orbs. But 
anytime I've ever seen an orb being captured on a paranormal show, they don't see it until they review the footage. I saw these things floating around down there with my eyes. They had their own luminance. They 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 were green and yellow and just floating all down in the basement. And I just feel like it was able to shapeshift maybe that energy that was down there that was like floating and just stewing and manifesting in the basement was able to take on a human form but like only only the form of people it had seen if that makes sense like family members that's terrifying Um, and it you know, I would have dreams where, to this day, and my cousin Brittany, I she, we have a cousin group text, and, you know, sometimes we'll text each other and be like, I had this dream about the house, and we still to this day have dreams where stuff is, like, coming up out of the basement and getting us, or there's there's something that we can't see in the house, and it's, like, chasing us, and it's going to and it's going to get us or, and this is the same kind of dreams I had when I was living there. Um, and you know, my mom actually would sleep in the bed with me. Sometimes I was just so terrified and I just feel with them dying in that sequence and everything like that, there's gotta be something to it. I know I'm not crazy about thinking that way but i've just never met another family that's been like plagued by it i guess See, i I don't really believe in coincidences anymore i think there's too many of them Mm -hmm. and in that situation with every three years i mean that's just that's not a coincidence it can't be it can't be and you know right before my aunt died um and she passed away recently actually in the three-year timeline um she told me that she felt like she had been tormented her entire life by whatever this thing was that it didn't matter where she lived or what where she whatever she was doing that it was following her um my sister had made similar remarks and has still made similar remarks that she feels like it's in whatever house she's in it's there you still and, getting that same activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my older cousin, Brian, um, he actually came on my podcast and I recommend anybody to go and listen to this episode because it'll make things make a lot more sense. But it's called Campfire Ghosties. And um, I actually thought he was bullshitting me that he was actually going to come on and talk about some of the stuff that had happened to him while he was growing up. Um. But he did. And some of the stuff he said that night, I had never heard him say before because our family just did not talk about stuff like that. And um, something about just being on a podcast made him feel comfortable. You know, hey, I'll just share this with everybody and um, get it off my chest, kind of like a confession. And he just went through all this crazy stuff that had happened to him as, as a kid and growing up and I even asked him, I was like, is it just us (laughs) or, you know, but I mean, even with your experience, do you feel like after you moved out of that house, it was over? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I was talking about it the other day. So we we left that house when I was 12 years old, moved to a new house. Wasn't too far away from that house, to be honest. It was only like a 10 minute drive from the other house. But I said the first night that I stayed in the new house, in my new bedroom, I remember laying there with the lights off, which was weird because I was always scared of the dark, always felt like something was there. And I remember laying there and just feeling safe. And just mm-hmm. thinking, this is weird that I'm feeling so comfortable in the dark. Yeah. I remember thinking that. I remember it being a big deal at the time. So I suppose that was because we'd moved to a new place and whatever it was. I mean, weird stuff did start happening in that house as well mm-hmm. as, as time went on. But it wasn't the same as the other place, which was had a bad vibe. You know, you'd see things in the corner of your eyes. I did actually see a ghost in my room in that old house. Um, was it but like yeah, I a just shadow, it sh- shadowy figure? No, I, I saw a full apparition of a man in my in old bedroom room. Yeah, see, when I was 10 years old. That's the kind of shit that fucks you up, though. Yeah, yeah. It's why I'm mm-hmm. here now. That's <laughs> why I do this show. Right, yes. <laughs> She's like <So>, therapy. <laughs> do you think, like, you know, sometimes I say houses have personalities, in like really super old houses, you know, somebody yeah. died in there. Somebody's gotten, you know, raped or whatever. <laughs> you know, some of these like Victorian houses bad that are hundred years yeah. old. So was it like bad stuff? Was was your house like an old house or was? No, it wasn't. It wasn't a super old. It was. I mean, it, I don't know exactly how old it was, but it wasn't a super old house. You know, it, it wasn't that old. Um, it was right near a graveyard. Mm. So I don't know if that played a part. Um, I know that the man that we bought the house off, the lady that we bought the house off, her husband died in that house. Oh, um, shit. So I don't know if there was something. But the guy that I saw in my room as a kid looked just like William Shakespeare. Like if I see a picture of William Shakespeare now, it just takes me back to that. I don't think that was William Shakespeare in my room, but he just... He had that it sort looks of look. like it. it was that sort of era. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's weird that you say that because um, I had a guest on my show and he grew up in a haunted house, too. And he always said, like, he never really talked about it because people thought he was bullshitting or whatever. And um, he said that he and his dad found this big hole that was dug in their basement. And it was covered with like a piece of wood and they moved the piece of wood and there was stairs down in this whole like underground tunnel thing that they found. And then um, somehow or another, and it was in Alaska, by the way, and somehow or another they found out about this serial killer who had lived in that neighborhood, but they, they didn't know for sure if it was the house they lived in. But was like that where he was like keeping bodies or something like that, you know, that kind of stuff could actually be residual. That kind of energy leaves a stamp on a place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So did they go in? Did they go into that? Did they walk down the stairs? And they said that they went down, and there was like another level that went down farther, and they went down the next level. They went down further into the tunnel. And it led off into, it broke off into like this other deeper tunnel. 
And at that point, they were like, oh, fuck this. And they got back. They wow. climbed right the fuck back out the hole, covered it back up, and they never they never talked That's about crazy. it again. Yeah. You do hear about these towns that have got like all interconnecting tunnels where the houses can sort of yeah. connect somehow. That's weird, man. Yes. And he said when he was a kid, obviously, um, I could put you in touch with this guy because his story is crazy. He's also um, a stand-up comedian, so it's hard to not laugh at his pain because he makes yeah. it funny. But <laughs> yeah. um, he said he he uh, was just playing tag or something with his brothers in the house. And they went down into the basement and they were like roughhousing or whatever. And he got paralyzed at the bottom of the stairs and he said he could he couldn't move for like maybe 10 minutes and his brothers had already ran back up the stairs and no he was just like i couldn't even call out like hey i'm down here he laid there stiff as a board for like 10 he said it finally just released him and he never went back in the basement again but it was like down where that hole was jeez man that's so I've, I've heard from so many different people. And again, like I grew up watching ghost adventures and um, dead files with that Amy psychic chick. And I actually remember watching like the first episode of ghost hunters, those guys who were like fucking plumbers or whatever, the taps. I watched like episode one of ghost hunters. I was totally into all of that stuff. But it's different when you're there versus watching someone on a night vision camera because, you know, you watch it on TV and you're like, I don't think I would be that scared if that happened or I don't think I'd be that scared if I was in the pitch black and you would trust me and you'll never fucking be the same if you have something like that happen to you. Yeah. For sure, these things as 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 it as with you, they stay with it stays with you your whole life. Like you can't mm-hmm. once you see stuff like and feel and experience stuff like this, it changes you. You know that there's more, and that the possibilities are endless. Really, you know. And there's some type of like embarrassment and shame around it because like that most recent thing that I experienced, I only posted about it. I posted a video about it on Patreon on my Patreon because. I'm just, it's just like, do you share this with the masses? Because what will people think of you if you share that with the masses? Yeah. And I actually said that I think it's because the day before that happened, I did a podcast episode where I was talking about the Nephilim. And um, this is this is probably out there for some of your listeners unless they've dove into more conspiratorial type of subjects. But I recorded a four-part series actually on the Nephilim. And while I was recording that series, it took me about a month or a little more. I had non-stop horrible things happen to me while I was recording those episodes. And wow. then when I published them, I scheduled them all out, put the timestamps on all of them when they should come out, put all the little intros and all the shits on them. And I was done with it. It stopped. 
nothing happened for like the longest time. And then I was invited on someone else's show to discuss the topic. And the next day that happened. That's interesting. And the whole time I was recording those episodes, I was having audio malfunction, video malfunction. I recorded one. I can't, I said it in the beginning of whatever episode it was, but it was like a, almost a two hour long episode of just me talking, which is very hard. I don't know if you ever do solo shows, but it's not for the faint hearted, just sitting there speaking to a microphone for two hours. And the whole recording was like for two hours. It didn't capture a word wow. that I said. It didn't take. No. I was just going to say as well, sometimes in the past when I've talked about the Nephilim and stuff like that, things start going wrong with the internet. Things yeah. start going wrong with it. And it just froze for a second there. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm telling you. It does happen. Yeah. It does. There's and certain then, subjects that you talk about and you look into, things start happening. You know, I, so I'm kind of, I'm a truly selfish human being and I feel like I cover things on my show in, in a very specific way. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to listen to anybody else's episode on it because I feel like I, I killed it. And why should I? Blech. But then, you know, I have to take a step back and have some, you know, humility. And I listened to an episode, I think it was uh, someone sent me on the Confessionals podcast and they were discussing the Nephilim. And they said, well, you just put these episodes out. You would love this one. You got to listen to it. And he was talking about the same fucking thing. Audio problems. Total yeah. loss of, yeah. of internet. Audio's got no. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. And it, and it was, there was on that, that episode, there was four or three other podcasts that were having the same problems as well, weren't there? Yes. Something like that. Yeah. They was all experiencing the same technical difficulties that never happen until they were hitting that subject. It happened to me and I didn't even know that episode existed of the confessionals. And I thought I I was just like imagining things at one point. I was like, could it possibly be that I'm just having really shit luck right now? But no. Even even us, we've had two just talking about it then. I know this might be a coincidence, but I don't believe in coincidences. The computer's... Has, has frozen twice and it's been absolutely fine the whole time. But we started talking about this and you get a couple of freezes. It's weird, man. There's something to it for sure. That's why on my podcast, I can't. We froze help. again. We froze again. <laughs> Did it really? You froze again. Yeah. It, oh we've my... been fine the whole time. Okay. Look, we're talking about all right. I'm done saying, talking about the Nephilim. <laughs> I'm done talking about it. I will not bring it up again. Please go back to being normal. <laughs> But that's why on my podcast, I have to talk about paranormal stuff because it goes hand in hand. If you're going to talk about all this stuff that's unseen, lies and, and, you know, whatever, you have to talk about the paranormal because that's what these entities are. Our signals signals gone really weird. (laughs) Shut up. It has gone really weird. (laughs) Oh my God! Wait, can you hear me? It keeps freezing. It's, yeah, I can. I can hear you now, but it, it keeps freezing. It's really and it's it's been fine the whole time. Do you time. know what Zoom just Until told we me? Start... 
What's that? Your internet is unstable. I was about to take a screenshot of it. And I've got full internet at the moment. That's so weird that we've started talking and that's happened there and then. I mean, that's... I could could not make this shit up. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I say... It's still freezing. (laughs) No, stop! Is it really? Yeah. But the... It is. But the, the paranormal and conspiracy, I think you can't really have one without the other because there is there is a connection. Like mm-hmm. it's you have to talk a bit of conspiracy if you're going to talk paranormal. There's just there just is a connection. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm really passionate about it. I keep a lot of stuff to myself as far as um you know, every time I think something paranormal happens to me, I don't just go out and blast it everywhere. But that one, a couple months ago, I was like, oh, please, this is not my life right now. Like, that's terrifying. Think about that. Are you married? Yes. Yeah. Think about your wife crawling into bed with you and and then being like, oh, my God, it's not even her. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a lick on the face, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to, for it not to, oh, that's, it is weird. It's very strange. Think about that. And, and you then know, you heard the, the giggling as well when you were like, leave yes. me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mad. So I'm, um, I guess you would say like, I'm a sucker for if I'm at home by myself, I'm like extra conscious of every little creak or crack in the house. And everybody's kind of guilty of that to some degree. But I I do self-inflicted trauma and I'll be at home by myself and watch ghost adventures and, you know, dead files and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's totally in my house right now. And what I want people to understand is, like, there's a difference between psyching yourself up and being like, I'm watching something scary, therefore there's something scary going on with me. And me just being asleep and not scared whatsoever and it being a completely normal night and something like that happening. It's different. Yeah, yeah. And again, following... The episode, I will not say because I don't want any f- more internet problems, but it was following that episode. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Super interesting. And I've talked about, I have a couple episodes that, that I've done on several shows. And um, I've talked about the Laurel Canyon a bunch. Never had any issues. Never had any issues when I talked about Jim Carrey on like three different shows nothing it's just that one topic that's causes problems (laughs) so strange it's so and it's happened on a numerous shows i know Mm -hmm. three like five other shows that that's happened to as well that talk about that yeah i mean um but if you have any questions or anything like that i feel like i kind of gave you like a um a taste test of like everything that's kind of went down with me um, when I've talked about it before, I kind of went back and I had written down on paper some of the stories my family members had told me. So I might be forgetting one or two, but that's that's what I can remember. And just what I can remember is, is crazy. But um, 
yeah, if you have any questions or anything, I'd be happy to dive into further detail. I actually should <laughs> I should text my sister sometime and have her join a podcast like this because she remembers yeah. everything. Okay, <laughs> your your cousin that there was a cousin that you used to see a lot. Mm-hmm. Was there a reason that it might have been her that you saw a lot? Was there any connection there that she has asked all of us that and it has freaked her out. It still freaks her out. She actually won't talk about it in front of us because she'll be um, not, it's not just, you know, when my grandma said she saw me and I knew it wasn't me, it gave me like real heebie-jeebie creep vibes. But for multiple family members to say they see her, I saw her, her own sister, like that's, you know, she'll, she'll be like, don't talk about it. She won't. She'll be like, I don't want. And sh- she'll say, <laughs> she was like, I was the one that always went to vacation Bible school. And I was the one that was always like, I never did anything. I think um, at the time she was maybe 15. So like there was literally was- nothing going on that it just picked her. She said that yeah. it's because she was the holiest out of all of us. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> was was she having experiences herself? Did she experience anything? Yes, but she was having more so nightmares and uh, night terrors and sleep paralysis. And they actually took her to the doctor because they thought there was something wrong with her because she just couldn't wake up in that house. She was asleep all the time. Like, after they moved in there, as soon as she came home from school, she'd be knocked out somewhere. Just knocked wow. out. And it's on like the weekends, taking her energy. Yes. I. That's what, that was a similar thought that I had. It needed her energy in order to manifest. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's using her. Wow. So her, her experiences actually were more like nightmares and stuff like that because she was fucking asleep the whole time she lived there. Mm, yeah. And we were I seeing feel her like there's walking around. Dreams as well and dreams and sleep paralysis. There's something mm-hmm. I've had to deal with a lot as well. Uh, that's all connected, you know, and especially when you're in a, a haunted house. That That seems to be... That's there more as well. That's more powerful there. You're gonna have weird. Like I might. I don't think this house that I'm in now. I've had experiences in this house, but I wouldn't say it's a super nasty feeling or whatever. When stuff has happened, it's been scary, but not like not like a dark feeling. Mm-hmm. But if I stay in a hotel, that I might get a bad vibe in. You know, you you do. You have weird dreams, and in it, I don't know. It's, it, there's something to dreams as well. I think. And you know. The weird thing is, if you've ever watched the movie Insidious, something that I've even thought about is like, was she astro oh, projecting? Do you hear me? I just lost you that last bit. Oh, Sorry. I said something that I've thought about, like if anybody has watched the movie Insidious, is like, could she have been like astro projecting herself? Like she's asleep yeah. and then we're seeing her and it's not her. But the feeling you would think it would still kind of feel like her. But, um, and something actually, as we were talking that I remembered, um, my cousin Brittany saying is they had this old ass van, minivan 
while they lived there with the sliding doors and um the the driveway was not really on a slump like going down or anything it was relatively flat and they were all in the minivan and my uncle had hopped out to go run back into the garage and grab something and it was just the girls in the car and the brakes went out and it started rolling backwards and it rolled backwards into the busy ass street right in front of our house with traffic coming both ways and it went and it and it rolled all the way back through the street and was ass up in the ditch on the other side of the street and there's no reason whatsoever for that to have happened there so oh, man. it was like an attempt on their life, like literally. Yeah. Super interesting. Terrifying, yeah. but super interesting. I mean, if I sat here, I could probably think of like a thousand more stories of stuff that they've told me. But it's just so hard because I almost kind of like blocked some of them out because they were about me. I know my grandma for sure saw me several times, but I can't just say oh well she she was losing her mind or she had dementia or whatever and that's what she was seeing like some of that stuff that there's no way and i honestly cannot tell you uh what my my grandma's bathroom looked like like there was such a feeling in her bedroom i think i can count on one hand uh the amount of times that i went in her room yeah because as soon as you like went into her bedroom you were like let me get the fuck out of here yeah she it was like her bedroom and then all the way in the farthest corner was the door to her bathroom and then it like went and so i never even got far than far enough into her bedroom to even fucking go into the bathroom like it could have been full of bodies for all i know like i never went in there and so for her to say, like, she was seeing me dancing, like, at the foot, I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would never, with all the lights off, too, let me get out of my bed, crawl across the hallway, into your room, and start dancing at the foot of your bed. Yeah, right. That's terrifying. And the thought that there's something there that's probably nasty, imitating mm-hmm. you, and that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it takes you. Know, you... Sorry, oh, go ahead. You go. I was going to say, uh, no, no, you go first and then I'll, I'll say. Well, I was just going to say, some of them were kind of positive experience because she would say, like, she saw my grandpa come into her room and, like, get in the bed with her. Like, can you hear me? I lost, I lost you for a second again there. Dude, it's saying <laughs> my freaking internet's unstable again. But, yeah, like, I've got. I've got four bars. I don't know why it's uh because we because it's me. we started something. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's me. I'm haunted. They're um, listening to us now. <laughs> uh for those of you watching on YouTube, congrats. You just saw a poltergeist on your screen. Um no, uh yeah, she she would say like she would see my grandpa get into bed with her and stuff, which you know for her would be comforting because she missed him. But at the same time, it's like what was really getting in the bed with her. Yeah. Wow. Terrifying, man. It's like when I was in my old haunted house, 
I had an experience where I was in my mum and dad's bedroom and I was messing about. I can't remember what I was doing, but I was in there just playing in front of their mirror, being silly. But a lady walked past me, a naked lady walked past me with blonde hair, and it looked like my mum. So mm. I just thought it was my mum. It's gone straight into her bedroom, uh, into her bath, her ensuite in their room. It's walked past me. And I've just gone, mum, and just started talking as if my mum's mm-hmm, walked into mm-hmm. the bathroom. I've literally walked into the bathroom talking, and there was no one in there. So, so similar, it's similar situation. Yeah. And I never put it down to being something imitating my mum until now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until now. I've always, because I ran downstairs, obviously I freaked out. I ran downstairs, and I was like, mum. You just walked past me. She was fully clothed, standing there. <laughs> like, no, I haven't walked past you. And yeah, so that that's just now clicked that that could be something pretending to be my mom. Like, and that's no freaky, shit. Man. Like that's the scariest part about it is something imitating a living person because you hear all yeah. the time like, oh, I saw my dead uncle Joe, or I saw like the ghost of this person who died in my house, and it's like. What do you do when it's like living fucking people walking around your house? Yes, crazy. And again, like with all the religious icons that my grandparents had in there on every wall. When I look back at old family videos of, you know, on the camcorder, all I see are little pictures of Jesus, little pictures of lambs. Um scripture everything it was just there was no reason for that type of activity to be in there yeah 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 because you say that normally like when i talk because i'm religious i'm christian Mm -hmm. but when when i talk to a lot of christian friends say to me you shouldn't talk about the stuff that you talk about and you know you shouldn't be looking into the paranormal like you look into it I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't actually think there's anything wrong with talking about it. I think if you're dabbling into the dark occult practices and trying to channel spirits or people, or you're that because there is scripture about like soothsayers and people calling up the spirits of the dead and stuff like that. That you should not do that. Um, That's almost like necromancing and stuff like that. I don't think you should do anything that would open yourself up to some a trickster spirit, like a demon that's going to pretend to be a, a loved one that's passed on or, but just, yeah. just um, intellectual conversation about it or like hearing other people's experiences with it. It's like healing and soothing in a way like, Hey, I'm not crazy. And yeah. no, you're yeah. not crazy either because I've seen it too. So it's like validating other people. And I think that can be very helpful, especially for the, I don't know if you do this, but like even just a random Joe blow who has had all this paranormal stuff happen to them, send you a message on Instagram, you know, and I've gotten messages like that where people were um, trying to tell me things that had happened to them and felt comfortable expressing that to me because they knew I was going to believe them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it when people message me their experiences, whether I know them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to talk about this stuff, especially if you're especially if you're surrounded by people that 
don't believe it or don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, it's hard to cut. Like, I never used to like before doing the podcast and listening to podcasts. I didn't talk about this sort of stuff and I didn't like talking about it. I thought talking about it's going to, which I think it could do possibly invite it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does. It. I, I love hearing people's, you know, whether they want to come on the show or not, if they just want to tell me and get a bit of advice and, and just, just to talk to someone that they know who's going to believe them. Mm-hmm. As you said, so. yeah, yeah, and I think um, some people just don't have a choice. Like my family, like we did not welcome anything. If anything, we were trying to like cash it out, and we were trying to uh, walk the straight and narrow. And all this stuff was happening, and it, it's like not really a choice for some people. And I think that sucks. And if I had a choice. I would never see a ghost again in my life. But it yeah. interests me because I have seen it. Um, and I don't know if you listened to this episode, but I recently just went to um, an orphanage that was converted into a hotel. And I stayed there and I was like thinking in the back of my mind staying here by myself is going to be bad because I already kind of attract weird stuff in anyways um and I'm gonna go stay at this masonic haunted orphanage where like kids died and like um I didn't I didn't make it through the night my husband had to come up there <laughs> he stayed with me because um the tv was like turning itself off and shit and i was like okay done with that bye actually i didn't leave Whoa. but um i did i did i was gonna i was gonna stay by myself i promise i was gonna try and it just kept the the later in the night that it got i was just i i could not <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to yeah. just lay here with my eyes open all night. So he came and stayed the night with me. But um, so you're braver than me. I wouldn't have even attempted to do that. I tried. Wow. And I even walked around the entire outside of it and took videos. And I found the Masonic cornerstone where the Masons had built this place. And um, they, they actually found child bodies all over the grounds of the establishment after it had been abandoned and then over time people just kind of buried that story somebody bought it fixed it up turned it into a wedding venue and people are actually saying their vows on top of this old filled in swimming pool where they like found drowned bodies and all this is can you imagine like saying your vows on top of of a cursed and so uh, i covered that it can't be good right and i covered it in an episode and i i you know walked around the entire place by myself and went outside at night and took videos and and um it was like oddly quiet like beyond just quiet it was like quiet quiet you could hear a freaking mouse squeak a mile away and just kind of sinister like that the room though was the tv wouldn't stay on the air conditioning unit was clicking itself off and i just was not about to to stay there by myself and then the next morning um we went down for breakfast and we were the only people staying at this orphanage and 
I swear out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone come around the the um staircase. So it was like the the kitchenette area where they had all the breakfast food laid out, a huge grand staircase, and then another room on the other side of the staircase. And I swear I saw someone walk around the staircase and looked and there was no one there. But wow. they have they have statues of little children everywhere. And in the hotel. Yeah, they have statues of children all over the hotel. I don't know if you ever watched wow. um a movie called A Haunting with Liam Neeson, where they go it's supposed to be like a sleep study, but they go to this haunted mansion and there's little children faces and heads all over the mansion. That's what it looked like. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like pay homage to the fact that that place was a death zone for kids when it was an yeah. orphanage. Did you get a, a, a really bad vibe when you was there as well? Like you could feel that um, during, bad energy? During the night, yes. During the day, they have it so decorated and so uh, pristine, like landscaping and fountains and all this stuff. Because it's a wedding venue and it's supposed to be beautiful and um, pastoral and all those things. And it is. Um, but during the night, you kind of wonder, like, where did they find the bodies at? They they have this Auschwitz-style chimney in the back of the establishment. You wonder why the fuck they needed that. Um, they, there were pictures that were posted in a newspaper of a little sweatshop that they had um, where they had these orphan kids making tires and shit and not paying them a cent. And they tore that down and you're walking around the grounds like, where where was that at? You know, you're trying to piece together in your mind what they've covered up. And yeah. um, it's just really weird when, you, when you're walking through that kind of history and people are getting married there and they just have no idea whatsoever what it yeah, used to be. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't want to say their vows in, in a place like that if they knew some yeah, of the stuff no, that took place never. There. They would never want to say they're And on top of that, there was, um, it was built by the Masons and we don't have to get into the conspiracies about stuff like that. But uh, one of the largest Masonic temples in the United States is in the same town where this orphanage is. Wow. In Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> wow that that's it's, another episode <laughs> yeah it's crazy though you anybody who wants to hear more about it i did post um a lot more information on my patreon um walking around and kind of like a, a, it's different when you can see it i'll just say yeah. that you know but i'm into all this stuff i don't really feel like it's welcoming anything in i feel like it's it's an investigation and I'm just looking for answers. I didn't bring a we see the my thing is like I didn't go there and like take a Ouija board out and start being like, oh, does somebody want to talk to me? I don't care if somebody wants to talk to me. I didn't bring a spirit box. I didn't do an EVP session. I just went and observed and kind of researched the the building itself, ate a five-star breakfast, got the fuck out. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Oh, I'm going to share all the links. So if people want to check that episode out, mm. they can head over there now and check it out because that that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Wow, you've had some incredible experiences. Well, I um I'm honored to join you for for this episode because it's enjoyable for me to talk about because my podcast is not solely dedicated to the subject. So I love to um go on a show like this and kind of just let all of that ghosty stuff fly because it's it's part of what I do, but it's it's not uh solely dedicated to the paranormal. And when yeah. I do talk about stuff like that, my fucking internet cuts out. So <laughs> how am yeah. I going to have a podcast with no <laughs> with no internet? <laughs> it was all going so well until we mentioned the Nephilim. <laughs> and then it there you go. Wear. You said it. We're going to have I've to end the episode now. now. Oh, no. <laughs> Julia, I, I have loved, loved talking to you tonight. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and your show? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Again, I'm Julia. I am the host of the Cosmic Peach podcast. I'm wherever you dick around with podcasts, Apple, Spotify. I'm on YouTube. I don't post every episode on YouTube. I always say that because I'm not trying to get taken off. I do have a Patreon that you can subscribe to. It's room 237. And um, I just post some bonus content over there. And I'm trying to think. Oh, my Instagram is cosmic.peach.podcast. Like I was saying earlier, if you want to just hit my line, want to come on the show, you got something weird that's happened to you. You got a conspiracy theory, something like that. I'm always down to listen to um, anyone and what what they have to present. So I like making new friends. It's a weird world. It's better with friends. 100%. You put out your vibe, you find your tribe. That's what I always say. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome back on Let's Get Freaky anytime. And Thank I hope you. this is the first of many conversations. So thank you so much. Thank you.